Whether it's the first sip of French roast at your Disney resort or the grand finale of a signature dining experience at a restaurant like Le Cellier, Gico, or the California Grill, Joffrey's coffees make Disney memories more magical. Why not savor that Disney vacation just a little bit longer while enjoying a cup of Joffrey's in the comfort of your own home? Visit Joffrey's, the official coffee and tea company of Disney, online today at joffreys.com. Joffrey's Coffee and Tea, a flavor for every Disney memory. Hi, this is Mike Bursell, voice of the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover and Living with the Land. Welcome to a voyage of discovery and awareness of the richness, the diversity, and the often surprising nature of the Mickey Dudes podcast. And now, from the Monsters, Inc. laugh floor, it's the Mickey Dudes podcast. Here's your master of ceremonies, Wazowski. Hello, humans! Hello, humans, and welcome to another episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Koch. Tonight, my co-host, Pat Gennetti, was failing ill and can't make it with us. So I have two of our awesome Mickey Dude commentators with us. From across the pond in Scotland, we have Stephen Maxwell. I'm surrounded by idiots. And we also have with us from Buffalo, Chuck Fitzgerald. Canada. Besides, no, not Canada, but besides, they're tourists. What do they know? I would love for you one day to get like one of those Mickey Mouse onesies and like come on like this doing that. That would be absolutely hilarious. <laughs> no one would like that. No, that no one would so well. I would tweet that out and everything, you know, kind of put a picture of you next to Rizzo wearing his Mickey onesie. It just would be... It would kind be of epic. who wore it better. What? Exactly. Who, who would, wore, who wore it, it better? Yeah, better. exactly. Well, yeah. as if there's any doubt as to who would wear it better, let's be honest. Yeah, Rizzo is the man. We know that. <laughs> He's a rat. <laughs> rat schmat. And with that, let's have a word from our sponsor. Who has the largest selections of DVC resale listings and is the number one DVC reseller in the world? Who has 90% of their listings sell within 30 days with no upfront fees? Who has 95 years of combined Disney Vacation Club experience and has been selling DVC since 1993? Who has over $360 million in sales of DVC? The answer, my friends, is the same for every single question. It's DVC resale market. If you're in the market for buying Disney Vacation Club or have any questions about DVC, then look no further than DVC Resale Market. Nick, Kevin, and the whole team will do their very best to get you exactly what you need and answer any questions that you might have. Take a look at their website for some great information, their latest listings, or just some FAQs. We would like to thank DVC Resale Market for being part of our team, and now it's your turn. Let them be part of your team when buying DVC. Check them out at DVC Resale Market. Guy has a voice like velvet, doesn't he? Those are words you could use. Maybe. What would you say? <laughs> I can't say what I want to. This is a family show. Gravel. <laughs> Gravel. <laughs> Sandpaper. So they're calling him grainy. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, gentlemen. Well, let's get into our topic. So today it's kind of a little bit more of a relaxed format. We usually have a lot more people on with us. 
and due to scheduling reasons that couldn't be, but sometimes a relaxed format is a little bit better, especially when you're on a vacation in Walt Disney World. I have seen so many people have meltdowns in the happiest place on earth. And you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? You know, we pay a lot of money to be down there. We work hard for our money. We might as well enjoy our trip and get our money's worth. With that though, comes a couple costs. Not just the financial cost, but there's also a major stress factor. Planning for that Walt Disney World vacation can involve so much stress. 60 days out to book fast passes, 180 days out to book ADRs, making last minute plans, finding that new event that has come up and trying to see, can I work this into the budget? Do I hop? Do I not hop? All of these things can really weigh on your mind and as you start to crunch the numbers, create more of a stress with you and then there's the whole idea of transportation down there and while you're in there. Relying on Disney transportation can be another issue altogether. So today I thought we would discuss our best ways to be able to minimize the stress while in Disney World and to enjoy your vacation. Sort of maybe we'll call this how to relax while constantly going at Walt Disney World. So gentlemen, do you have any tips to maximize the comfort of our guests and make their stay a lot more enjoyable, creating family memories without creating the negative feelings that sometimes go with having to uh, be the ringleader? I feel as if the, I think you take the strain out of everything with the transportation. I think you let Disney just take it all. Uh, Obviously, coming for the UK and travelling down, even from the airport to uh, Walt Disney World, you're on the wrong side of the road. You get on off the plane, you go in the Magical Express, you get to the, the resort, you don't have to worry about cars, don't have to worry about driving. You can go on the bus, you can go on the monorail, go on your boats, go on everything that you want and not have to worry about it. Uh, a lot of folks stress out about the buses and the transportation. I think it's one of the best things that Disney have got, you know, because it just takes the stress right out of everything, and you don't have to worry about parking or where you where you've left your car, anything like that. Uh, I just think that's it's a, it's a relaxing time that you don't have to worry about anything. I uh, I agree with Stephen on that. Um, the Disney transportation is and was designed to keep people on property so they don't go to Universal, but when it comes to stress redu- reduction, it, it's a blessing and a curse. Um, it's a blessing when you walk up to the bus stop and it le- it doesn't leave before you get there, but it's a curse when you walk up to the bus stop and it's either A, not there and won't be for 30 minutes, B, you are at the very end of the line at uh, after once upon a time um, at Magic Kingdom and then you're going to be there for 70 minutes waiting for eight buses to come because, you know, that's how that works. Or C, it's, it's not going to take you the fastest route. Um, the buses are a little bit slow, but if you are unfamiliar with the area, and Stephen, did you, what did you say about driving in America? It's not that bad, and I think road? a lot of people think that when you're driving, in the, on, I, I would say the wrong side of the road. No, Maybe no, not no, the no, wrong no, side no. of the road for you, right? Uh, yeah, but, don't drive on your side of the road. That's just going to, that <laughs> will cause stress on your vacation. Yeah, but I think that from from over here, that's the biggest worry when folk are, are going over. You know, because the, the holiday firms try and promote, you know, you've got to take a car, you've got to go do this. 
And admittedly, if you're only staying off-site and you're going to all these other places like SeaWorld and Universal and Gatorland and Bush Gardens, maybe <laughs> the, the, taking the car is a great option because, you know, it, it gets you about all these places and don't have to go out, like Ubers or, or another place that we, we've used was uh, Quicksilver Travel. You know, they actually take you from Disney to Universal and then come back and get you and it was a great service. But that's the biggest worry about folk. Oh, how am I going to drive on the other side of the road? I said, I'm not used to that. But obviously with the freeways being that big and there's overtaking and undertaking, there's no worries. You know, it, driving, I quite enjoy the driving over there. But if it's somebody else could take the strain and actually go on the bus or go on anything like that, let them take it on. Now you see, for me, I see it Chuck's way. I do have some tips, though, to kind of work with Disney transportation to your advantage because they do have their limitations. I have found that the, having a car is a lot more beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I spent some time in England and I purposely did not get a car when I was there. I got a car when I was everywhere else in Europe. but. I did have that whole driving on the other side issue that I was a little bit anxious about. So I could see someone coming from the UK having a lot of anxiety about that, especially when having to drive in a traffic circle, for instance. I have some British friends that when they came over here, that was one of their biggest issues with making the transition to driving from the left, from the right to the left. So. I totally can see that. Now, if you do have a car, I would recommend a couple of things. First off, your cell phone is your friend when it comes to the GPS on it. Mm. Just don't use it while you're driving. You will get pulled over. <laughs> well, I always bring my, my mount from home because I stopped using my TomTom once I discovered Waze. So I have on my packing list, I use the mount that I have in my car. I literally take it out of the car and pack it in my carry-on. And it go if I'm renting a car, it goes right onto my uh, mm-hmm. dashboard from there. So yeah, they do have a lot of speed traps set up at Disney World. But besides actually using Waze and they have that little where you park section, there is another trick that works very well for me. When you're in those huge parking lots and you have to take those trams, send yourself a text. Open up your texting software, type something like here, and then with an iPhone, I know, I don't know how it is with a droid, you can send yourself a pin of where you are by standing next to your car. So later on, if you're not sure where your car is, you can actually go back to that pin and then use Google Maps to kind of just uh, show where you are as to where you pinned yourself and kind of just use your sense of direction to get you over to that that little red bubble when uh, using the GPS. Now, with that, you also want to use your camera to your advantage. At the end of each row is the name of your parking lot. So if it's uh, in uh, Animal Kingdom, for instance, the Peacock parking lot. You can take a picture, it'll say at the end of the row that you parked in, Peacock 23. You take a picture of that section, and 
you don't want to just leave it in your in your photo roll because you're going to be taking a lot of pictures during the day a lot chances are a lot of them are going to be on your phone what you want to do is you want to actually take that picture and send it to yourself as a, a photo text so that you have the picture at your disposal by just going back into your text messages so right underneath your pin you have the name and the and the row you could either type it up or take the picture and you have it right there for a quick reference yeah i did that while we were the, um so we only rented a car once and that's how we kind of remembered uh where we parked it it does make life a little easier now gentlemen before i go i have a list of hacks that can help make your trip less stressful Especially if you are someone like Steven, who you might not be there for two, three years down the road. You know, money's tight or you have other obligations at times and it just works for you now and you don't know when you're going to get back to the magic. This is a way to kind of help keep the magic going. Before I share these hacks, do you gentlemen have any other tips for ways to relax at Walt Disney World? Chuck. Um, Yeah. I do. Okay. For those of us who are over the age of 18, or 21, wow, apparently it's been a long day. 18 those here. Those of you under 21, th- those of you who are under 21, don't take uh, heed of this message. Um, sometimes the easiest way to relax is go to World Showcase, grab a, uh, a beer from any of the countries. When I say, uh, I mean one. I don't need you... Uh, lax bros trying to cram down 12 in uh, an hour and a half um, and ruin everyone's fun. Grab a beer and just take a slow walk. Um, World Showcase isn't something that needs to be rushed through. Um, it You have the ride in, uh, in Norway, Frozen Ever After, um, which, you know what, we went on it, take it or leave it. Um, it, it was enjoyable. It's... It should not make or break your vacation. I mean, granted, a lot of the, our listeners do have kids, so it's kind of out of their hands. But if you can take it slow and and soak in the atmosphere, listen to the, the background music, listen to the, the water, the boats um, going over the lagoon, grab a, grab a beer, grab a Dole Whip if uh, flowering garden's going on with their nice pineapple uh, ice cream. I think they call it pineapple sorbet. Don't, don't let them kid you. It's a Dole Whip. Um, and just walk slow. Don't rush through it. I mean, the entire vacation is rushing from point A to point B. So this one's going to take a little bit of time, but take a slow walk. Explore the, um, explore the World Showcase pavilions. I mean, with, uh, Easter, they have the Easter egg hunt and it kind of forces you to go into places that you wouldn't. So what I'm saying and what I'm advocating for is you do that on your own. See what you could find. See what little hidden gems are just all over Disney World, um, it, but especially in World Showcase. Now, as a teacher, I'm going to comment on that one. Oh, boy. No, actually, I'm agreeing with you. But oh. now... Oh, boy. Um, I preface this with one first. I'm not a parent, so I'm never going to tell anybody how to parent their child. But as a teacher, I have had parents get very upset with me because they have never dealt with a teenager for instance and then they ask well how should I deal with this this and that and when I 
I'll tell them, well, I have no right telling you what to do with your child, and I, and they respond to me, I'm paying tuition, and you don't have an answer for me. So I <laughs> get this, I get this all the time. But with that said, if you have children that are at an age where you can start to give them a little bit more privilege and kind of just trust them to be on their own a bit, if you're all in Epcot, for instance, that whole Find My Friends app, if they have cell phones, use that to your advantage. If thing, and you know your children are at an age where okay, you're in the Canada Pavilion, and they want to go and ride Grand Fiesta Tour. As far as that, you can track them. If you feel comfortable letting them kind of go off, you set up boundaries that they don't leave Epcot. As far as that, you kind of have a little bit of time to yourself. And you could still track your children. Now, obviously, if you have younger toddlers or anything with you and they need to be with you, you have to adjust for that. But if the children are at an age, even if you, met, let's say, won't maybe trust them walking to school on their own in your neighborhood at the moment, maybe they're not allowed to cross the street or something at the time. If they're a couple of, if you're looking in one store and they kind of run off to another spot at that point, if you're comfortable enough tracking them you can still keep an eye on them and still kind of have a little bit more time for a little bit of a leisurely pace kind of let them burn off some energy i know i have friends that will park themselves at aunt polly's and let the kids go nuts on tom sawyer island and in that same regard if you do get separated from your child and your child is younger i have seen lost children in disney world cast members are all over that right away they have trained to spot lost children. I saw one guy one time who was driving the Main Street vehicles, park his vehicle, took a kid by the hand, took him over down Main Street, and then kind of found a little corner, ducked down, got a map, asked the child where, because where their family was going as far as what ride, and then I kind of followed along with this because I was on a tour and they were kind of talking about the. Uh, the quality of the guest experience and they kind of used they kind of pointed this out so I kind of just ducked away for a bit and just kind of just tried to listen and I heard that this guy was walking the child over to that the general area of, of that attraction I asked what would have happened if that kid would not find their parents then the tour guide said they would have been taken to the child care center where they would have sent out a message to all the coordinators in the park via their little headphones and once you would, they once they spotted a parent looking for a child, if they if they inquired about it, anytime you inquire about any cast member about a lost child, they'll call their managers or they'll call their coordinators to see if any reports have been made in, and they will reunite you with that child. There's a vast network in that park, so if you do ever have that issue where you have a younger child and you you get separated, keep calm. Disney is really good at that. They're gonna, they're gonna do, they're gonna bend over backwards for you. That's the best thing about the the interaction with all the cast members. You know that they are trained for that, and there's that many of them that if you do get lost, you know, obviously the, one of the first things they're gonna do that a parent's gonna do is gonna ask a cast member, "I've lost my child. What do I do now?" It could be reunited within five minutes. You know, I mean, it could be as fast as that. Yeah, it's an amazing process. I mean, I hope no none of our listeners ever have to deal with that stress at that point. But if the unthinkable does happen, 
at least they can uh, know that they're going to be taken care of during the process and it has a very good success rate. Steven, do you have any other tips before I share my long list of hacks? Just really, uh, a couple, and, it, and it's back at Epcot again. You know, and the H&P game that you, you can play uh, in Epcot, it's it's not a full-on rush-about sort of experience. You can take it easy. You can wander about, world shake it, showcase, and just go and find the clues. And just, as Chuck was saying, just walk around. You know, even just go and get a beer, walk around and just carry out all the, the separate missions within the uh, Agent P experience. And everybody would enjoy it. You know, it's not just for kids. Parents enjoy it as well. And it's very interactive. The other one is just going to uh, the Mexico Pavilion and just heading in there. I just think that's one of the most relaxing places you can actually go to. Uh, it's totally different, especially if it's like middle of the day, sun shining outside, and you walk in there, and it's pitch, pitch black, and you've got the wee sort of uh, marketplace and the restaurant there. Yeah, you get a ride to go into, uh, but I would just spend some time just in the wee marketplace, looking at all the stalls and looking where they're actually selling, and it's a totally different atmosphere uh, with the, the darkness, and you feel as if you're in a, just a wee Mexican sort of town and then you leave the the pavilion and come back out and the sun is splitting the skies it's 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 just really really relaxing i totally agree with that and those games are a perfect way to kind of just take a little time and just enjoy the details of disney not just agent p but you can do the same thing with sorcerers of the magic kingdom and also the uh and the Pirates Adventure in the Magic Kingdom too, throughout Adventureland, which I'm actually going to go back to as one of my bonus hacks, which is working at the moment, but a little bit more on that later on. And uh, to that extent too, if you're on Disney Cruise, the Midship Detective Agency is the same type of game that will kind of help you kind of just go around and enjoy the details of the vessel while playing a fun game. And... Before we go into my hacks, I just want to share a little story about a certain Mickey dude, Mr. Joe Quattrochi. He had never played Agent P before, and I had introduced him to the game the first time we hung out, and we ended up playing the game in the United Kingdom because it's golf-related, and knowing how big he is into golf i figured all right well i'll play to my audience the look on his face and the embarrassment he had though when he had to go into the tea trading company and tell the cashier that <laughs> evil is my cup of tea was just absolutely priceless and he found that out he's like you gotta be kidding me i'm like no gotta do it and i just He's walking in, and you just you could just see he's turning three shades of purple having to do it. And the girl that was behind the counter just totally picked up on his trepidation for it. And she just jumped into character at that time. And she, it was just one of the best acting jobs of a cast member that I ever said. She really got into it. 
of kind of looking around and making sure nobody was around. And she really ended up selling it very well. So it was just, it was hilarious to see on both ends on that. Well, I think that's even better knowing what uh, Joe does for a living. Uh, I could just imagine him walking in in a suit, sunglasses, with an earpiece, not hooked into anything. Evil, my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> That's an image I really didn't need in my head, but the fact that I have it now, it's like the greatest thing oh, ever. It's, it's fantastic, <laughs> yes. right? <laughs> yes, it absolutely is. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, let us share some of Dave Koch's Walt Disney World hacks to make your Walt Disney World vacation less stressful. (laughs) Category 1, cell phone hacks. I already mentioned one because Chuck touched upon it. Using the camera as your friend, I told you to take a picture of your parking spot row and send it to yourself via picture mail. And I also told you to pin your location in the parking lot if you do choose to rent the car. In addition to this, using the camera will help you in another way. Take a picture of your room number. You've got a lot to think about while on the trip. It's late at the end of the day. You've, you're hot, you're tired. Sometimes, you know, you, you, it might just slip your mind. So, what's my room number? The minute I get into my hotel room, I take out my camera phone, I take a picture, I send it again in picture mail. I can't stress using picture mail enough. Yes, you can leave it in your photo roll. You will have it there. But at the end of the day, do you really want to be uh, clunking around with your phone, sorting through your pictures to find it? If you use it, if you send it as a text and you have maybe about five or six pictures of important reference uh, pictures, you have that right there at your disposal. So in the same way for using that camera app. There's an easier way to do that. Um, And it actually saves a lot of time um, on on multiple aspects. Do your online check-in. Do your pre-check-in check-in. So before you leave, before you um, go to the airport... Check into your hotel room. What's going to happen is there Disney will send you a text message with your hotel room number. Your first text may get that you may get may say, um, "Hey, your room's not quite ready yet." That's fine, but you're going to have a an unknown phone number that's going to be in your messaging app that is going to stick out because hey, it's an unknown phone number, um, and it's going to have your room number in it. So if you are on a older phone that you don't necessarily have the camera space or the memory space on your phone, utilize it that way um, because it's just much more convenient. Now, you see, I left that off for the simple reason that I have yet to ever get a text from Disney. It has never happened. Oh, really? I, I have done online check-in. I've put, my, I've put my phone number in, and for some reason, they never send me a text. Now, this time, really? I've also done it where I put my text and then my email in, and I've never gotten it. I've talked to a few people and a couple cast members that I was friends with that are actually in the hotel uh, business down there. And they said, yeah, for some reason, some people all say that all the time. They recommend that the email is better. And if you're going to put your email address in, don't put your phone number in either at that point. Just put one or the other. 
email is better. I put my email into it and sure enough, ever since I just started doing the emails, I've been getting it through the email, leaving my cell phone number out of it. It's working that way, but I guess it's a hit or miss. Maybe it's a carrier thing. I have Sprint. Maybe it's... I have Verizon, so maybe that is a carrier it, thing. It then, might yeah. be. I mean, Disney doesn't advertise it as it being a carrier thing, but it's a hit or miss as far as that one because I've been expecting that text many a time and it never came, so that's why I purposely left it off, but it is something to consider. The other thing is as far as the cameras and screenshots that app my disney experience is the worst app ever when you need it if you're in the parks especially when you're trying to use the wi-fi and it's busy everybody is sucking up the bandwidth of that wi-fi and that app is not loading same thing with like touring plans and stuff like that in theory they work great but when you really need them in the parks on heavy days that wi-fi it's not the app that's failing it's the Wi-Fi in the parks and if you even try to use your data go to your 4G or something there's so many people trying to do the same that it's just so slow in the parks that I would basically take a take a screenshot of my fast passes for the day and then send that to myself in the picture mail or just leave it in my camera roll again I'm gonna say the picture mail just for the fact that you can go back to the text that you sent yourself you have it at your disposal right away and you can always look at it because many times I've gotten into the park and I just couldn't remember the time when my fast pass started or what the order was and I went to look on that app and the app just failed and wouldn't connect and I had to go take time out of my day to go to those stupid kiosks wait online to kind of just touch my band to see okay where am I supposed to go now so I would definitely use the camera to take a screenshot and to that effect, when using your cell phone, ladies and gentlemen, unplug from social media. You're here to make memories. Nobody needs to know every single step of your Disney vacation as it happens. Yeah, social media is good, but maybe post only at night when you get back. I talked about on the resolution show that sometimes I, I need to really step back and stop looking at Disney World through the through a viewfinder because I'm always trying to stream different parades and stuff like that as they're going by or entertainment going by. I found the best way to do that is in the morning I delete Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter off my phone. I'm not deleting my accounts. I'm just deleting the access to the app. Granted, I can pull up my browser on my phone and go into the go onto the website, but it's a lot more it's a lot more cumbersome to do that. At the end of the day, on my bus ride on the way back, I go back into the app store, I just re-download, I re-log in. I check my notifications if I want to share something, if I want to post something, I can post then. During the day, if it's on my phone and I see I have notifications, I'm going to want to look at them. I'm going to want to see how many people liked my post. If somebody comments on something, I might feel compelled to respond at that point. Yeah, that's all well, fine, and good, but live in the moment, ladies and gentlemen. Take away the temptation at that point. Your social media is still going to be there. This is your vacation, your unplugged time. The word vacation, two words, vacate and shun. So get away from... 
get away from your normal your normal routine and shun everybody else that's not there at the moment this is your time this is your this is the time with the people who you are traveling with your immediate family your significant other whoever it is sometimes if you're on a solo trip just your own time to kind of just relax and unplug use this to your advantage the other thing is there's a security aspect if you're in Disney World constantly posting all of these pictures showing that you're in Disney World and there's nobody at home if you have a lot of people on Facebook for instance you know you're advertising hey I'm not home so that can be an issue of well their house is unattended at the moment that can put you as a target for burglarization so really consider unplugging while on a vacation you can share your photos later on I know I should practice what I preach I kind of do it because of this show I kind of use some of the pictures as promotional things but if you're just on your regular family vacation use that time for your family I agree with the social network thing the last time we were there although we did have a, an iPhones with us uh, it, it was only basic phones we took into the park we did leave the iPhones back in the in the room and it was only for like emergencies for going back home but it was just a basic text and phone phone that we had so there was no aspect of actually posting anything when you're on the park and you're there you don't want to be sitting in front of there's that many times you see people videoing things and parades and you know, character meet and they've got their iPads and their, their phones up. You don't want to be seeing everything through their iPad. You know, the experience is there for you. You know, and it, I'm not saying ban them, but uh, it detracts from the experience. And you're right, you know, not just a social experiment or social media. They should do it. Just everybody relax and take, take himself away and leave all the electronic stuff behind totally agree yeah I, I agree with that the the cell phones the iPads the the laptop computers the the Kindles the e-readers leave it in the room they you don't need it I mean a cell phone has kind of become ubiquitous to modern society and everyone has one and everyone feels that they need it but what did we all do 20 years ago yeah cell phones weren't quite as ubiquitous then what did we do? How long has the iPhone been out? Ten years ago, without the iPhone, like, we actually had to have conversations and we had to remember things. Um, so, if you really want a relaxing vacation, delete your work email, delete your social media, delete all that stuff. That for some reason, drama just kind of follows Facebook. Drama follows the internet. Get, leave that at home. It'll be there when you get back. Enjoy the time in the parks with your family, with your friends, with complete strangers, and do that as the most relaxing thing that you could do on your vacation. Excellent. And now, David's advanced dining reservation hacks. <laughs> this one came as a real-life experience. I was on a recent trip, and I wanted to try Blue Zoo. And I had a whole bunch of people with me that originally said that they would go with me, and as it as the trip got closer while we were while we were around everybody's saying you know we're spending too much money on this trip 
You can't afford to do Blue Zoo tonight. We just need to get rid of this ADR. It's just not going to happen. Other people, their schedules changed. And what I was going to do was originally, when I make a reservation, I make it for the maximum people because I know that there are people around. I invite people around to go. What I was going to do was I was just going to go over to Gas Relations and I was going to just change the reservation, which was for eight people. I was going to change it to a reservation for one and then just not show up and get charged the 10 buck penalty. Now, normally, if you don't show up for a reservation, they charge you $10 for everybody that is not in the reservation that showed up. So if it's for eight people, they're charging you an $80 penalty. Now, if you change it over to a lesser number, they're going to only, and the last reservation, so it was for eight, but now it's for one person, they're only going to charge you 10 bucks. So I, I was content on taking the, okay, a $10 penalty. It was, I took a risk. It was the, it's the cost of doing business. Fine, whatever. Charge me 10 bucks. I'll survive. Joe basically gave me the no-go look and said, no, you can avoid being charged altogether. Apparently in Disney World, if you happen to be passing the restaurant and you go into the restaurant and you physically cancel at the podium, they won't charge you. But what you could also do, let's say I, I happened to be in Animal Kingdom that day. That was my day to experience Pandora. We were going to leave, go eat dinner, and then come back. Instead of making it for less people, what I did was I visited guest services and I changed the reservation for another day. I said, I'm going to keep this reservation, but we want to stay in this park. Can we switch the reservation to Tuesday? They switched the reservation because I wasn't canceling. They switched it to another day. I waited about an hour and then there it was. It updated on the app. I went into the app and I canceled the reservation then for Tuesday. And I was able to avoid being charged for the last minute cancellation. Uh, with that said, so if you have less people, let's say the reservation is for six people and some people want to stay back and you show up. If you show up and there's a reservation for 10 people and two people show up, they're not going to charge you an $80 penalty. As long as someone actually shows up for the reservation, you're in the clear. So if you ever have less people than what you actually did book, let's say you're traveling with another family or another couple and, and that family, something changes. Don't worry about being charged the extra. That's not going to happen. So there's no need to stress about that. If there's extra people that, that want to come on your reservation, don't be afraid to test the bomb. Show up. Okay, I had a reservation for six, but it's really 10. They might tell you, okay, well, we're going to still honor your reservation. You might have to wait a little while longer, but they're going to do everything they can to get, to get you accommodated and get you in. So I wouldn't... I, I would never stress about numbers when it comes to ADRs. Now, the next two are very controversial. Magic Kingdom ADRs. You might be scratching your head at this one, but hear me out first. On days that you're in the Magic Kingdom, only make dinner ADRs for in-park locations like Be Our Guest or um, Liberty Tree Tavern on days you're already going to be there from the afternoon on and forget about reservations at the Polynesian and at Grand Floridian. If you're going to make reservations for any of the Magic Kingdom restaurants, only do it for the contemporary. So you're only going to the Wave, you're only going to 
California Grill or Chef Mickey's. Uh, the reason why I say this, you're at the mercy of the monorail and the boats. I've had it where it's like, okay, well, we're going to spend a day at the Magic Kingdom and then we're going to go over to Ohana or maybe go to the Hoop-dee-doo. You have to take the boat. Sometimes you're in, you're in line for an attraction or something. You have to wait. Now you might, let's say you have an hour. What if that boat doesn't come for 45 minutes? You're worrying about the fact that you're not going to get there on time. They're going to hold it for you for a while. And then after, they'll hold it for up to a half hour. And then after that, they'll try to give you the next available seating whenever they can. But if you're dealing with something like Spirit of Aloha, Mickey's Backyard Barbecue, or the hoop de doo where there's a set time that it starts, that's going to create a lot more stress. You can't walk to the Grand Floridian. You can't walk to the Polynesian. What if the monorail gets stuck? All of these things can be major issues to you. So at least with the contemporary, there's a walkway from the Magic Kingdom to the contemporary. You can get to the California Grill. You can get to Chef Mickey's. You can get to the Wave. Any other ones, though, believe it or not, maybe on an Epcot day, maybe that's the day you want to go to Ohana. Or if you want to go to 1900 Park Fair, maybe your Animal Kingdom day. Worst comes to worst, you can just hop on a bus to get you over to that uh, resort from the park. Or you could use your taxi and Uber option, if anything. As far as taking taxis from the Magic Kingdom, we know that doesn't happen. We have to go over to one of the hotels or to the TTC. Getting there sometimes, that creates a lot more stress too. So I'd leave the Grand Floridian and the... Polynesian alone when it comes to ADRs on the days you're in the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, it's really close, but sometimes it's a challenge to get over there. And the same way, too, when you're at Disney's Hollywood Studios, only make reservations for there. 50s Primetime, Sci-Fi, um, Hollywood and Vine, Brown Derby, Mama Melrose's. If you make reservations for something like Beaches and Cream or uh, anything on Crescent Lake, so uh, Tattoria Al Forno, uh, Cape May Cafe, you're going to be tempted to come out of the studios and take the boat. That boat takes forever. You can do the walking, but if you're pressed for time, that's over a mile on that path to get over to the um, Crescent Lake resort area. If you're in Epcot, and you have a reservation at Tattoria Al Forno, fine. You can leave through the International Gateway. You have a bit of a walk, but it's not as long as a walk from the studios. So I would actually, maybe on your studios days, kind of just use your bus or your cab option and go over to uh, Polly or Grand Floridian Den. Before we finish our discussion for the day, I have two more hacks that will be uh, somewhat useful to you guys. First off, fast pass. Don't worry if you are short on fast passes for a, for a group. Sometimes if you ask nicely, they'll let you in as long as somebody in your party has a fast pass. For instance, let's say Pat has a family of six. They want to ride Big Thunder Mountain. There's only four spots that they can get. What they can end up doing is just going up to the attendant at the ride running the fast pass explained hey we're a group of six we're only able to make five fast passes can we take this person with us and 
they're gonna they're gonna tell you yes if you're nice about it they can easily just push a button they can override it i was even able to do this at on flight of passage when there was a, over a two hour wait i had a fast pass i had friends with me that didn't i i went up to them i explained the situation that i made the reservation 60 days out these people since joined me i'm not able to add them since i have a fast pass already can i just bring them with me being very nice about it they're like yeah sure touch your magic band we'll just override the system and they were able to let able to let them in don't go to guest services and ask them to do it don't ask the concierge because they're going to tell you that they can't do it they're going to tell you that you have to go straight up to the attendant and it all depends on how busy they are but even with two hours out of a wait for one ride i was able to deal with that and uh get into the ride and bring the rest of my party with me so don't stress on your fast passes as long as you have some within reason now if you if you have three people with you and you want to bring another seven people that might be an issue but if you have just an odd one or two men out nine times out of ten they're going to accommodate you as long as as long as you explain it to them ask nicely you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar the other two really quick hacks a fireworks hat if you want to watch the fireworks from the California Grill and you don't want to spend the money for a dinner there when the California Grill opens at 5 o'clock go and request to go up there have a drink or maybe have appetizers at the bar pay your bill save your receipt you can show your receipt at any time prior to the fireworks and they'll let you back up to go on the observation deck if you tell them that you're or if you tell them that you want to go up to the bar and it's close to the fireworks they might tell you that the bar is at capacity i have a friend that works at the california grill and they say the closer the fireworks the bar gets really busy because of that but if you already paid for your uh, services over there they're going to let you up to watch the fireworks at any time all it is is you just flash them your receipt and they say okay go right ahead up so if that's another option for watching happily ever after and my final bonus hack if you play the pirates adventure game for two rounds and you solve the mission for two rounds they are going to give you a complimentary fast pass for pirates of the caribbean definitely something to consider when making your reservations and when pirates is at a 40 minute wait instead of take that 40 minutes kind of run around Adventureland, get your steps in for the day, get some exercise, then enjoy the ride. And with that, gentlemen, let's go around and tell our listeners where we can be found on the various interwebs. Steven, where are you? Yep, on Twitter you can get me at SJM Disney, and on Facebook it's Stephen James Maxwell. Excellent. Chuck, what about you? I am on the Twitter machine at Chuck in the and Chat. And you can find me on Facebook under Dave Koch and on Twitter at Figments Reality. Be sure to check out the Mickey Dudes on Twitter at themickeydudes.com. If you have any questions for us, send us an email. We're trying to do a listener question show, themickeydudes at gmail.com. And check out our blog for original blog content by most of our Mickey Dude commentators at themickeydudes.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been real. See you real soon.
just listened to another exciting episode at the Mickey Dudes Podcast. You can find the Mickey Dudes on Facebook at the Mickey Dudes Podcast and on Twitter at the Mickey Dudes. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share the love on Stitcher or iTunes. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you again real soon.